0: How are you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, I want to welcome those of you watching in Bothell, Issaquah Duval, as well. As we uh, continue, actually, we wrap up this series that we've been in, Renew. Next week, we're beginning uh, a new series called Fixer Upper Family. Uh, And it doesn't matter if you have a family. I'm assuming you came from a family. Or uh, maybe you want one. This is a great series. to to not only be at each week, but to invite a friend to. Uh, I I believe that we'll get great relational tools, but more than that, that this series will be an avenue in which our relationship with God will deepen in in a very real and significant way. And so I encourage you to be thinking about who you might be inviting as we kick that off next week. Uh, You might notice something uh, a little bit different If you've been around here, uh, something different. I've given up on my water bottle. Uh, Six months ago, I decided to give up caffeine. And then I realized I love caffeine. Uh, So uh, uh, now I posted on Facebook. Uh, I was at a restaurant. I had had my first soda or cup of coffee. And I posted, and I got like 30-some comments on that. I'll tell people uh, uh, about the Bible, about what God's doing in my life. I'll get one comment. But caffeine, I get like 30-some comments on that. Uh, there, one of the comments was, no, don't do it. You're stronger than that. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm really not that strong. Uh, one, one really good friend of mine said, praise God, welcome back. <laughs> And then uh, someone else uh, posted this on there. How do you like that? I'm so proud of myself, I've cut back to one cup a day. (laughs) Yeah, so if I have more energy than I've had uh, in the past six months or so, uh, that's probably the reason why. Well, uh, we're looking at uh, what God would do if we allowed Him to renew areas of our life where maybe we've strayed away from Him, where we're not seeing the, the promises of God that, that we see in the Bible uh, manifest in our life. And we say, God, we want to give you access or give you access again uh, to those areas of our life. And our theme verse has been this, in Romans 12, two. If you haven't taken out your program, I encourage you to do so at this time. Uh, it says this, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Will you underline uh, the renewing of your mind? See, uh, no, nowhere else do we need that. Uh, more, I think, as we deal with some of the tension of our life and the tension that can lead uh, to anger. A- any of you ever in your life deal with anger a little bit? Any of you here with someone who makes you angry? Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, I, I, this is something I struggle with. Uh, actually, I, I think virtually every man and woman uh, struggles with this. Uh, it, it's real serious business. Mismanage. Uh anger can cause incredible relational damage. In fact, I would say this. You say, I don't care about relationships. Hopefully you don't say that because that's called a sociopath. But if you... Uh, <laughs> just a little piece of information for you. Uh, but if you say, I'm not a relational person, that doesn't matter to me. Do you care about your career? Because I can tell you, and, and uh, you push back, but, but th- ask anyone who has worked or supervised a bunch of people, if you have anger problems... Uh, you're way more likely to get fired. You're probably not going to get promoted. You're probably going to make less. Just there in that aspect of your life, you're going to have trouble after trouble. Uh, In fact, someone uh, once said, you're hired for uh, what you know, and people get fired for who they are. And I've seen that again and again. I've seen people who... uh, the parents, who just there's that anger problem, and there's wondering, hey, why aren't, why aren't the kids that close in boyfriend girlfriend relationship? wonder why that's a a problem there. Kids were asked a while ago. There was a survey done, and they asked if there's one thing you would change about your mom, what would it be? Number one answer. I wish my mom didn't yell so much. Now I know for men, uh, and and men in particular I would say, uh, I I have the male perspective, that's the only one I really have as a man, so uh, uh, men deal with anger all the time. Uh, And not saying that women don't deal with anger, they do, trust me. (laughs) Okay, so as we look at this, uh, I want to look at this from a biblical perspective. And what would God say to that area of our life? It's all over the scripture, but I'm going to look at one chapter of the Bible, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and and it's a very interesting uh, chapter of the Bible. It's to a group of people who had taken up faith in Jesus Christ. They didn't come from a, a Jewish background where a lot of the early believers had come from. They'd come from backgrounds that were uh, either completely irreligious or more pagan, idol worship, just all sorts of things. And when they came to know Jesus, they thought, this makes sense. The idea that there's these multiple gods that are like us, that seems like make-believe. We don't believe in that. The idea that we could be a god, we know that's not true. It just doesn't make any sense. The fact that God would love us, and when He saw problems in our world, that He would do something about it, and He would send His Son to make everything right, to help us have that connection with God, that we would have forgiveness of sins, they said, sign me up for that. But even though they had signed up for a relationship with Jesus, there were areas of their life that still needed uh, addressing. There were issues that needed addressing. And if you're uh, here today and you're considering Christian faith, the most important decision you ever make is to say yes to Jesus But there will be subsequent yeses in the relationship with Jesus. And that's where we give Him access to areas of our life that we may not even uh, think on our own need uh, redirected. And that's especially true in anger. Well, let's look at where uh, the Apostle Paul, who God used to write this letter, uh, goes right away. In Ephesians 4, 17, he says, "'So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, "'that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do.'" That was sort of their background, the sort of uh, non-Jewish background. It says, "'In the futility of their thinking.'" And now notice he goes right to thinking because what we think will affect how we feel and how we feel will almost always lead to what we do. And so we read, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And see, then it goes, we, we start with thinking, and then it goes to our feelings, our attitude, that, that there's this decision, it's a, a choice, it's where we get our will involved, to live differently. And then he addresses the the topic that we're looking at today, Ephesians 4.31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Isn't it interesting how many types of anger that he addresses right there? Did any of you, did you know that there are this many types of anger? Some of you say, yes, I'm married. I've seen that before. (laughs) So, yeah, there's all these different types of anger. The Bible addresses this uh, over and over again, not only here but elsewhere uh, we see in the Scriptures, uh, other forms. It says uh, this in Ecclesiastes 7.9, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. And we don't want to be foolish, do we? Uh, Proverbs 29.11 says this, Fools give full vent to their rage, but the the wise bring calm in the end. And then uh, we read in in the book of James, it says, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So uh, we can see that anger, it can be destructive. uh, It can uh, ruin those things that we've so... uh, so intently tried to build in our lives. But I think we also need to understand uh, what it looks like for us. My wife and I, uh, we've been married for over 22 years, and uh, as as we've been married over these years, we've tried to identify how we each deal with our anger. And there's a a lot of great research on this uh, in the social sciences that'll describe uh, the types of anger that we can experience. Uh, One is a habitual anger, and that's where you're just in the habit of being angry. You sort of wake up grumpy. You're like, that's what you learn. It's just your first response uh, to to almost anything. And then uh, maybe it's not that. It can be a passive anger. Uh, Now, passive anger, most of us who would deal with this, we don't recognize it as anger. We'd say, oh, we just get quiet. And usually, that quiet, you can hear the tick, 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 uh, because usually it's a bomb ready to explode. I've talked to way too many people who, where one of them is more the uh, aggressive type and one is passive, and then all of a sudden that person wakes up and leaves someday, one day, and because it's just this eventual explosion uh, that comes. And then there's an overwhelmed anger. We just get angry because we're overwhelmed at the circumstances uh, of our life. There can be a self-directed anger. Uh, The self-directed anger uh, is where we enter into destructive patterns of behavior. I mean, we see this, just incredible things that uh, we do, that other people do to themselves. I mean, the whole phenomenon with uh, some people, uh, usually teenagers, the whole cutting It's the idea that's that sort of I'm angry, and so I'm just going to hurt myself. And then there's behavioral anger. Uh, We're just mad because someone behaved some way that we didn't like, and that's what we usually think of as anger. Uh, But it's usually found somewhere else uh, before that. The problem is we'll often lash out in inappropriate ways. There's situational anger. Uh, we see that we see Job in the Bible. Uh, if you've ever read, if you've not read the Bible, do not start with the Book of Job. Can I tell you that? That will not. That will end your Bible reading very quickly. Uh, start in the Gospel of Luke or John. I know they're in the middle, but it starts with Jesus, and Jesus is the center of all this thing we believe. So start there. Uh, do Job sort of at the last, like that in the Book of Numbers, will be the two last books uh, that you'll read in the Bible. I mean, Job. Uh, everything's going wrong, and his—he uh, loses his health. He loses uh, his uh, kids. He loses his job. His wife is mad at him. You know, his truck breaks down. His dog dies. Uh, no, that's a country song I was listening to on the way in. But it just everything is going wrong. H- have you ever had one of those days? Have you ever had one of those weeks, those months? Have you ever had one of those years where you're like, "I'm glad." That season is over. See, often what we'll do is we'll we'll take that anger and we focus it on someone, be on another person, on God. And then there's a, a moral anger, where uh, someone uh, maybe hasn't lived up to our moral code. There, there's a positive type of anger in that, which is a righteous anger, where it's uh, we're we're angry because. People are not living according to what God would want them to live by. And, and that's, that's a real small percentage. And oftentimes we can overstep on that. Uh, Christians in particular have a history of overstepping and calling something righteous uh, anger. Remember, though, judgment is that's God's job. And that's a good thing that it is. But sometimes you're in these situations, you just see something that's not right. It happened to me uh, a while back at a Trader's, trader Joe's, and uh, actually it was down in California. And there was this one uh, guy who was basically blocking the whole aisle. He was an older gentleman, and he was like, for some reason, he was like this and trying to make sure no one can get by. And this is, you know, Trader Joe's, healthy food, peace, love, and joy. This is what this story is about. And uh, so there's a, a man who tries to get by him and says, excuse me, excuse me. The guy can't hear him or is ignoring him, just doesn't move out of the way. He says, can I get, please get by? And he brushes the man as he goes by. The old man goes ballistic. Then he goes, what's the matter with you? And he goes, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, his English was a little bit broken. And he goes, uh, but you could understand what he was saying. He said, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, the old man will not let it go. He goes, you need to watch where you're going. And the guy's like, okay, okay. It, and he's just going. He's giving full vent to his anger. Uh, he goes, you're stupid. And you can just see this guy. And then he says, Uh, the word which sent this other man over the top. The old man says, what's wrong with you people? And then uh, I got that sense. Have you ever been in that sense where there's something going on? Usually I like to run, but God is saying, you get involved. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, I'm having this argument with God. You're God, you get involved. You know, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, I have some fruit to buy. So the, uh, (laughs) but... But, but, I, but I'm there, and I'm like, well, what do you want me to, God, you know, because this guy's about ready to hit him. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? You want me to hit the old man? Because I would do it, because he sort of, <laughs> sort of ticked me off at that point, too. Uh, and it was one of those situations, that I really am not the type of person who usually does this. Uh, I just, I put my hand on uh, the man's shoulder who's being yelled at, and just, I said, hey, buddy, it's not worth it. He's not worth it. Don't do it. And you'd say, oh, is that because you're a real calm, emotionally well-balanced individual? No. (laughs) It's because I've been in situations like that, and I've made some of the worst decisions of my life. And my guess is you don't need to look too far back into your history, whether it was a decision that you made or a decision that someone else made. In a moment, and the repercussions, they may be be significant in your life today. So the sources are varied, but the outcomes are often very similar. Discord and happiness, anxiety, fear, health breakdown, distance from others, eventually distance from God. We all know this, but the question is, how can we make headway and does God have anything for us in this? Well, the scripture is not only not silent on this, the scripture is very directive when it comes to situations of conflict and anger. You know, some of you wonder well, you know, how many angels can dance on the pin uh, or on the head of a needle? You know, the Bible doesn't say that. I don't think God cares. But when it comes to anger, uh, it is not gray or ambiguous, it is very specific. Now, I'm I'm sharing just from the book of Ephesians, but there are many places you could go through and it deals with anger. Well, what's the first thing that the Bible says in an unambiguous way? Is to deal with anger quickly. Now, when I mean that, I mean deal with it in a positive way (laughs) quickly. If you're holding on to anger for a long time, uh, well, let me ask you the Dr. Phil question. How's that working for you? Now, seriously, has it gotten better by you holding on to it longer? Do you feel happier and healthier, more at peace with God and others? Has the situation improved? And you're saying that's a ridiculous question. Of course it is, because it never will. In Ephesians, we read, it says, "Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold." So. Uh, Now, some people will take this literally, and I think oftentimes we really should, is if we can address an issue today, we should. Now, there are some things that can't be dealt with before bedtime, but we can uh, take it this way, is don't let anger from one season of your life enter and go to the next season of your life. They say, well, why, why is that so important? You can probably think of reasons. Here's one you may have not thought of, is if you uh, don't deal with it. I've seen this over and over again. People will enter a new season. They'll be angry, and here's the, here's the real kicker. They don't remember why anymore. That because you didn't deal with it, you don't remember why. You're, you're dating someone, and you just are like angry with your boyfriend all the time. And you know what it may be? You're angry at your dad and you never dealt with that one way back then. Now, I, I've especially see, seen it in uh, marriage relationships where someone will punish their current spouse for what their ex-husband or ex-wife did. And so it's really important. Gosh, it got quiet in here. The, uh, <laughs> uh, it is. It is really important to deal with it quickly and in a biblical way. If you're not motivated to get rid of anger and deal with it quickly, I can tell you the people you're in relationship with certainly are. But also be proactive in your approach. So it's not quickly, it's also taking responsibility when it when we recognize it in our life. No matter what type of anger we have, we take responsibility and we're proactive in dealing with it before it gets to the point of explosion, before it gets to the point of us acting out. That's why it says in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. If you're taking notes, underline, get rid of. So it doesn't say, uh, wait for it just to go away. It doesn't say pray for it to go away. It's an action that you take to make sure that it's not in your life anymore. Well, how do we do that in a practical way? I think one a very spiritual exercise that's also very practical is the daily habit of prayer that you talk to God, that there's this focused time, you talk to God. What I do every morning is I read the Bible, and then uh, I pray after I read the Bible. I talk to God not just about what I want and what I need, but areas in my life that that are struggles. If you read the Psalms, the Psalms is really uh, the devotion, the song book, really a prayer book in the Bible. And you'll see that some of those prayers are incredibly raw where King David, who wrote many of the Psalms, is saying, God, bash in the heads of my enemies. You're saying, I can pray that? (laughs) What he's doing is he's he's not expressing his anger to the person. He's saying, God, this is, I need you to take care of it because if I take care of it, and we see when David did take care of it on his own, it often didn't work out very well. Well, you also need to recognize your anger signs. I mean, this is just, uh, apart from the spiritual application, you know if you sort of get red in the face. (laughs) There are some of you who get red in the face. You don't know you're angry, but we know you're angry. Uh, uh, It it can be helpful to give yourself a time out. They say just to count to 10. I do it many times because I deal with OCD, so I count to 10 and 10 and 10 again. So uh, what does it do? Is You're giving yourself a time out in that. Uh, You need to... Uh, manage anger in the long term. You need to say, hey, I'm going to get this sense of of peace. When Terry and I were taking a parenting class a number of years ago, uh, one of the uh, people who was leading that said, if you're ever really angry with your kid, say out loud, I'm safe. You go, what does that have to do with anything? Because fear is a driver. And and by the way, uh, anxiety... uh, fear, uh, anger, they're really a, a vicious circle and they're interconnected at some level or another. You, you just, that, if you just say it to yourself. Uh, I, I heard a, a story uh, a number of years back where a uh, guy is in the grocery store, kid's just acting up, just crazy acting up. And uh, he's, you know, there and he's just saying, calm down, Billy, calm down. Calm down, Billy. Calm down. And there's a lady watching it and thinking this guy is an awesome parent. And so she, he, the, the you know, uh, she goes up to him and she says, "You are an awesome parent." And he says, "Thank you very much." And uh, she goes, "My name's Sarah." And she goes, "What's your name?" He says, "My name is Billy." The uh, <laughs> so hey, you're wondering that. No, that's not a true story. I just made that up. So. Uh, uh, but we need to remind ourselves first, uh, and then we'll, we'll be in a better place. Talk about how you feel, and that don't give vent to your anger. Vent, there used to be in some psychological circles, the idea is if we just express our rage, it gets better. That is not true. There's been a lot of research on that. If you express your rage, you know what? You get angrier more often. So if you just let it out, that will not solve your problem. It will only make it worse. What I'm talking about is, there, is there people you can talk to, talking to God, talk to other people, maybe close friends, you know, that's uh, uh, with some conditions in your growth group. <laughs> By the way, a lot of you have signed up, a great number of people in growth groups, uh, just amazing uh, turnout in all our growth groups. We don't want to, you know, start the session with, this is who, I was, who I'm mad at and want to take out, because no one will come back next week. But you, you might say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm I'm angry uh, because I feel like I've been treated unfairly at work. Will you pray for me? Now, see, that's an appropriate uh, talking with someone. And then, of course, there's those words that make it even worse, where we're uh, the, you know, always, you always do this. You never do that. You ought to. This isn't fair you should. And we have a rule at Timberlake Church, we don't should on people, so, the, you know, where we're, where we're trying to control. See, we can, and I'm going to get to this in a moment, we can be in control without being controlling. Well, number three, proceed with humility, gentleness, and patience. Uh, the Scripture, again, is just very direct on this one. It says, be completely humble and gentle, Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Well, what does this look like? It it means that we understand. How are we humble? It means if there's something there, if we're angry and it's us, we own it. If we had a bad day, we own it. If there was an argument and it's 95% them and 5% us, we own it. We own the 5%. We don't give percentages. That only makes it worse. But we own the part that is ours. We're patient. We say words like, I was wrong, please forgive me. Humility is always better than regret. It's so important for us to get rid of uh, this whole idea of fairness. If God was fair, you'd be in trouble. What does God owe us for our sin? Well, certainly not grace, but that's what God gives us. You know, like I said, this is uh, not anything for me that is just an intellectual exercise. I've been trying to get better uh, with this in, in my own life. And so I've been working on it. Am I perfect yet? No, not even anywhere close to it. But, but there's some things that uh, God has uh, been teaching me. And these, these aren't in the Bible. It's sort of what God is doing in my heart. And maybe it's helpful to you, maybe not is I've learned that the blow-up uh, isn't worth the cleanup. <laughs> that you think about just getting it off your chest, the ramifications of that, they're, they're usually never, uh, they're never worth it. And by the way, it's, it's to express anger, like when we're sort of like, hey, yell or scream or something like that, that's really sort of a lazy way of dealing with things. I thought, you know, I need to be much more creative and intelligent to deal with sin. It doesn't mean that there's no conflict. There will be conflict. (laughs) By the way, in case you're here and you're like newly engaged, let me give you some news. (laughs) There's going to be conflict in life. And here, for me, another thing God's teaching me is I would rather experience happiness than prove that I'm right. And sometimes those two are going to be in conflict. If you have to be right or have to, you let people know why you're right, you're probably not going to be a very happy person. And I've also found just practically that anger uh, is only effective in the short term. Anger can be effective in the short term. You want to you get people to do something, be angry at them. But it doesn't work in the long run. People will eventually tire of that and tire of you and me. And I found, as I said before, that I can be in control without being controlling, uh, that I can engage in a measured uh, way. And then another reason is I just simply I want to make God happy. Remember one of the first verses that we read is that you, you can't produce the righteousness, the rightness with God with a big expression of anger? Uh, Now, like I said, people will take this righteous anger. There is a righteous anger, by the way. Uh, But people usually, I'd say most of the time, misuse that term. It's because, you know, your political candidate didn't win, as if God has a political candidate. Uh, It's because we didn't get our way. Now, there are things, when we see people being hurt and abused, now, there's that, that righteous anger that is uh, good. Uh, Christine Kane has done a great work uh, helping rescue people from human trafficking because she was it broke her heart and she was angry about it. And she said, not who am I going to yell at, who am I going to help? Also, I would rather be loved than feared. Uh, maybe you grew up with a dad. In particular, it's usually a dad where you maybe thought he loved you, but more, mostly you feared Him. And I desire to have close and enduring relationships. Uh, I, I want to have relationships that are there for the long haul. And I know that if I poison them with expressing anger, especially in an inappropriate way, it's not going to work. And I realize that anger makes me look dumb or act dumb. <laughs> True? Yeah. It, it, when we're angry, you, we usually end up looking foolish. Now, it's not, I'm not saying don't show the emotion anger. I can't, you, you can't command an emotion. You know, I can't say, feel happy. Okay, stop being happy. Feel angry. Feel sad. doesn't work. I'm talking about the expression that becomes toxic. And wouldn't you like a renewal work in your life? Or maybe not in yours. Maybe, you know, you, certainly someone who you know. Well, number four, start with God and end with you. Um, We need to ask ourselves, especially if you're a Christ follower, is have you received grace? If you've received God's grace, His unmerited favor, the fact that no matter what I'm owed, God gives me His love and mercy instead if I'll receive it, then I should respond in kind. See, Jesus didn't come to earth to get even, He came to love and forgive us, even those of us who have given up on him. The cross is not about judgment. It's the ultimate act of not getting even. Jesus forgives us when we don't deserve it. And I've heard, hey, I'm not ready to forgive. And I get that, but I'm sort of glad that God didn't say that with me. If Jesus died and rose again, it proves two things. One, that he's God, because if you can die and rise again from the dead, I'll believe almost anything you say. Uh, Two, it proves the depth of his love. Ephesians 4.32, it says, uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. See, we start with God. And then God calls us to respond. See, one day God is going to balance the books. He's going to make everything right. There will be absolute justice. But the Bible says to leave that to God. See, the the problem is when we're hurt, and usually anger comes from a hurt, there's a debt that's outstanding. And someone owes us. We can either try to make them pay, or we can say, God, I'm going to release that, not just for them, but for me as well. There's a story, and in fact, I think I mentioned this a number of years ago. Uh, Adolf uh, Kors the third of the Kors beer fortune, uh, he was kidnapped uh, back in the 60s by a man named Joseph Corbett. Uh, seven months later, they found his body. Uh, his son, Adolf Kors the fourth. Obviously, hated that man. Well, about 15, he was a teenager when it happened, about 15. And then about 15 years later, he became a follower of Christ. And he realized, he, even though Corbett was getting what he deserved in prison, uh, that his anger was ruining his life. And he also realized that God was calling him to do something. And so he decided he would go to the correctional institution uh, in Nevada, or in Colorado, excuse me, a maximum security, and he went to visit Corbett. And uh, Corbett refused to receive him as a visitor, and so he left him a gift. He left him a gift, uh, a Bible, and this is what he wrote in it. He says, I'm here to see you today, and I'm sorry we couldn't meet. As a Christian, I'm summoned by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to forgive you. I do forgive you, but I also ask you to forgive me for the hatred I've held in my heart for you. And you say, okay, how does someone forgive like that? I don't know. I couldn't do it. But I know that when I allow God to work in my life and I remember what He's done for me, then I can do what I could never do on my own. You think about it. Think of the area. Think of the person. And you say, God, this is a place I'm going to give you access. Well, I I thought it would be real appropriate, not only as we end the series, but in this particular message, that we would share uh, communion together. And so on the other campuses, uh, the campus pastors uh, will lead you. And before we... Uh, Go to communion. Let's pray together.